Hey everybody, welcome to another drive-through board game blog. I'm gonna cover my new game room. I'm gonna cover also uh, all the games on my shelf, which you can see back there. So I will put some timestamps in here because the first part of this little bit is just gonna be kind of an overview of the room. Very visual. Uh, so if you are listening to this on the podcast, I'll put timestamps for when I go over all the games because I'm gonna be covering basically everything on my shelves and make this kind of a quick hackneyed top 100 list. <laughs> because I get asked uh, quite a bit to do another top 100 list and it takes a lot of time and effort and so I figured I'm gonna do the least effort and uh, I'll cover all the games on my shelf. Uh, people seem to enjoy that when I did that there. So welcome to the new room. Here is a uh, painting done by uh, yours truly. That's kind of to greet you as you enter the room. And uh, first of all, you can see down here is a table, table topper, game topper from Game Toppers. And I apologize for the lighting here because I just kind of set it up like I normally do. It's gonna be a little funky until I start, you know, picking a single spot to set my camera down. Uh, this is the game topper on top of a Costco table. I did a kind of a quick preview of that, really awesome. I've been enjoying it, recording all my latest videos on it. And uh, now I've got my own kind of space here, and I'm pretty happy about that. So let's kind of break it down. People have been interested. Uh, some more paintings and things by myself on the walls. You probably won't see too much of those in the videos though. Uh, but I'll show them to you, what the heck. People sometimes ask me about playing guitar and my artwork. There's the nice light in the background, but you can see that. That's actually a cover to a Lord of the Flies book I read when I was about 14 or 15, which is when I did this artwork, so it's pretty old, but I like it. And then this is something I did, um, I was either right in college or just out of college when I did that one. And uh, the first one you saw I did while I was in college, and this one, is probably my favorite piece that I still have. And this is a lot of glare on that one. I did this one while I was in college. Uh, so the first thing you're gonna see when you walk in is my ready to go game bag here right by the door. So I'll pop some stuff in my game bag there. And then down on the side of it, we got some poker chips, which I don't really use too much. And then a bunch of uh, Ziploc bags for putting components in. And then underneath that is a bunch of Reaper miniatures that uh, sometimes I'll paint for fun. And then here is my buddy Lucio, one of my favorite characters in Overwatch. My buddy uh, Marty Canelga from Rolling Dice Taking Names got me that because we play Overwatch quite a bit. And then we've got kind of an all-purpose shelf here. Uh, you can see I've got a fair bit of miniature books and role-playing books and stuff like that. I do do this stuff from time to time. You can see I've got a lot of H. Sigmar books some uh, White Dwarf magazines and some 40k books, some 5th edition D&D. I have played 5th edition and 3rd edition. Of course, I had 3rd edition books not, for not too long. Some of you might have noticed this same shelf uh, in my other room. I got rid of those because there's not really any reason to keep them. And then we did a game of End of the World at BGGCon a few years ago. I really enjoyed that, uh, so I've kept those books. And then we have some kind of these uh, miniature books. There's not really like a box game that comes with them or anything. And if you have questions about any of these, you know, feel free to comment on them uh, in the video comments and I'll answer any questions. Uh, Dracula's America's West and Scrappers. These are both from Osprey Games who also did all of these books here, which are Frostgrave uh, books. I haven't played these two yet. I've read through the rules. They seem fun, uh, but I just haven't had a chance to A, acquire the right miniatures for Dracula and B, we've been playing Shadow War Armageddon off and on from Games Workshop. And so that is similar, very similar to Scrappers. So I do want to uh, maybe stop playing that and then maybe spin up a game of this because you can use kind of a similar themed, a little bit of uh, post-apocalyptic uh, kind of thing uh, with that. So we've also got here Fiasco, which I haven't played, uh, but I've read through, I want to try it 
uh, one of these days as sort of a more wacky narrative RPG, which I haven't had a chance to do too much of, or at all. Up here we got some painting stuff. That's not my palette, don't worry. I do <laughs> like funky texture stuff inside of this and throw miniatures in there to kind of carry around. It was my palette at one point. Uh, let's see here. We have their uh, dish and everything and some glue and clippers. This here is for my wet palette. We've got some sponges and some Reynolds uh, parchment paper. That'll go inside my wet palette. And then I got a bunch of other stuff here. Some These are actually my prototypes, these two games. Uh, this one is better than that one. <laughs> Uh, this one will never be published, but it's done and this one. Maybe we'll see. It's not done though uh, This is a cool a video. This is a board game documentary going cardboard I did a review of it, but I definitely recommend uh, taking a look at that and then I've never talked about this But you know somebody made me this stack of stickers and I've not thought of anything to do with them ever and I feel really bad about that but this kind of touched my heart that they made that for me so I always keep them right there and here we've got some other knickknacks. And here is a bunch of bits. I've got a bunch of cubes and meeples and all sorts of crazy bits and stuff from Meeple Source in here. Uh, a bunch of prototype cards, not of my prototypes, but others. Tons of card sleeves. Here is a fun thing. I've got a bag of bags. So sometimes it's better to uh, have like a bag that you draw from. So I use this. I got a bunch of these bags. And so I just throw that into a board game if it's better to pull things out of a bag. And then a few different books. I got these, I don't think you can get these anymore. These are these small poker chips here. Let's see if I can open it without spilling. Those are really cool. Very, very small poker chips with a little dealer button and everything. Uh, this is really handy. Meeple Source gives that, uh, sells that. And uh, I don't think they sell it anymore, but that's super useful, more useful than, of course, these large poker chips for transportation. And a couple of different books there. You can see board games that tell stories uh, by Ignacy Trevicek, a game design a book, and a little color design and stuff like that. And then down here, we've got a bunch of paint stuff. Here is my kind of miniature bits box, all kinds of extra bits and things. One thing that you should do when you start doing miniatures is uh, collect some of these bits and things. And they're good for making conversions and modifications and cobbling together extra miniatures out of your stuff. And then we've got here paintbrushes, uh, wet palette, and, and a board for working on stuff and some tons of paint. So that's kind of your utility shelf there. Uh, and then up here we have kind of the review shelf. You can kind of see what's in queue there. Azul, Spirit Island, Rebellion Expansion, Twilight Imperium. There's a Warhammer thing over there, Tulip Bubble, all that stuff. And then down here is a whole bunch of miniatures. There's those are full of painted and assembled uh, miniatures and stuff down there, as well as uh, down there as well. There's a bunch of sort of miniature-ish stuff in that thing. I've got a bunch of like rulers and dice and markers and things. And then there's some camera stuff over there in the corner. And then down there is class because I couldn't find anywhere else to put it. So this is kind of the boring wall over there. So we'll turn around. And over here we have the Closet of Doom. There's a whole bunch of terrain and stuff in there for miniatures. That's very useful to have a nice little closet to stuff all in. And I've got some games that are like on their way out. That's where those go. So here we've got the table and Mike, and this is just I've been working on putting together and putting the finishing touches on this army to defeat Matt Evans of Board Game Replay at uh, PAX Unplugged, hopefully. Still got to paint those little gene stealers there and put together a couple little extra things, but that's about 1,500 points worth of gene stealers. And now we're going to dive into the shelf. But first, 
actually, before we do that, I, I didn't want to mention this. You can see there, there is the calendar there from Scott King, and it's currently in October with uh, Blood Rage. I'm trying to put something interesting there. The calendar's a little bit small, and I don't know what. I want to put something kind of interesting there because that's going to kind of be like in this shot, so to speak. So I don't know. It's not that big a deal. But if anybody has like a cool idea of like, hey, here's a, get this poster or put something there. I like the calendar because it's going to change and won't be the same thing all the time, but it's kind of small. But the art is really good. He takes really good, that's really, that's really wobbly. Uh, he takes really great pictures of uh, board games and puts them in the calendar. So, but before we jump into the shelf now, uh, one of which you've already seen down here is Clask, which counts. <laughs> so that's in my top 100. Uh, I'm going to cut to a video of, I got a little tiny like uh, cubby thing at work with all my lunch games. So I'm going to cut to that video, quickly talk over all those games, and then we'll jump back to here. Okay, here you can see I've got a couple of games on top of this thing, Indulgence and Secrets. Those are kind of on my to-do list. Uh, Century Spice Road, I've already reviewed that and got the map there. There's no way that it really fits in this cubby. So I put it on top. And then we've got this little drawer here with Splendor, Medici, and... Uh, uh, the king, the king is dead, <laughs> and so those are three games that we bring out a fair bit at lunch. And now we've got some others here. We've got Grizzled and the expansion in the box there. The Love Letter Collector's Edition. Those all come out for sale. I bring out when maybe we've got a new player who doesn't play with us or is new at the group. Arboretum, um, Cockroach Poker, Chimera. Those are all great games. Uh, Razia Abluxen, which is also known as Linko, and then some game at the bottom there, which is uh, Plums. And so that's that. I've reviewed every single one of the games you've seen so far, except maybe for sale, uh, but there's a ton of reviews on for sale. I'll talk in a little bit more detail about the games on my big shelf. So down here, we've got Dwarf King uh, Chronicle, and then Eminent Domain Battle Cruisers in there, and then Not Alone, which is a good game. And you can also see a, a little baggie there and that is the Dectet system, and there's like a bunch of little rules for other games, King of Tokyo, uh, Deep Blue, not Deep Blue Sea, Deep Sea Adventure. <laughs> uh, the Dectet's pretty cool. I did a review on a couple of games out of that system. It's sort of like a basic deck of cards, uh, but there's a bunch of rules for various different games and icons and things uh, that you can do that there. So that's basically all the stuff I have at lunch. Oh, and then team play as well. So if you want more details, ask me about them. Oh, and I forgot, there we go. <laughs> We've got Verater and Muter, which are kind of similar sister games. So yeah, once if you have any questions about that, definitely uh, search my channel for reviews on, I think, all of those, and ask me any questions if you want more detail. Uh, so we're gonna go through the shelf. These aren't really organized too specifically. They're kind of basically box size and then sort of weight and stuff, but I kind of break it up based on box size. Now this one here is Millennium Blades. This is a very, very fun game. I would say this one might be on its way out uh, just because there's another game from Level 99 that I like uh, more than this, which we'll get to in a minute. But I really like this game. It's just got kind of a special sort of play style, but it's a great game. It's kind of like a pseudo trading card game, but you're in the game. You sort of have an avatar as a player that goes to tournaments and buys packs and opens packs and gets rarities and trades cards. That's all within the context of the game. And you play kind of a a pseudo trading card game within the game. It's really fun and very interesting. De definitely like a completely different style of game. So it's kind of hung out, but I haven't gotten uh, much plays of it 
since uh, since back when I reviewed it. Uh, Roll for the Galaxy here. This is has that and the expansion inside of it. This one still comes out uh, relatively often, not too often, but it's really fun. This is one of my favorite games of all time for sure. Uh, it's basically Race for the Galaxy with dice. Uh, I've reviewed it. Um, I think I reviewed the expansion. I'm sure I did. And uh, there's a lot of good reviews out on this one. I highly recommend this. Again, very different, unique style of a dice game. It kind of feels like a deck builder, like just a little bit, kind of building a little bit of your engine kind of thing. Uh, so it's really, really cool that way. Uh, Madeira, this is probably my favorite What's Your Game game. Uh, good solid Euro. It has some really interesting dice mechanics. It can be a little bit brutal. Uh, it can be a little bit dry maybe for some people, uh, but I really enjoy it. A Game of Thrones board game. This has got that plus the couple of expansions that have come out. Uh, it hasn't come out for a while, but we've been talking about bringing it out again. This is one of those that might take you four or so hours to get through possibly, uh, but it, of course is based on Game of Thrones, which I enjoy and a lot of people in my group enjoy. Uh, so I definitely recommend this one. It's kind of like diplomacy with maybe some more mechanics built on top with the whole Game of Thrones theme and everything inside there. Uh, really fun game. Uh, Imperial Settlers. This is probably my favorite of this style of game. There's been like 51st State and some others like that. Uh, they got all the expansions for it. I think I, I need to review the latest one. I haven't reviewed that yet. Um, <laughs> frankly, I'm just remembering that as I talk about this now. I'm like, oh wait, I didn't review that. Because uh, I just like unpacked it and put it in the box because I got this cool organizer inside there. Uh, this is my favorite though. I definitely out of 51st State in uh, the, this game. Uh, you can build your decks though, uh, this one very, very strong. Um, I, I know I built the Japanese deck here, just amazing, and it like plays out all its entire special faction deck, and just you know you can get all the buildings out if you, if somebody doesn't go after you and kind of stop your engine. So you can kind of have an imbalance if you haven't built all the decks uh, within a similar kind of power level. So that's maybe kind of one thing to keep in mind with that. Uh, but you can also kind of just throw everything in there randomly and throw all the expansions in there, and maybe that will you know be a little bit more varied gameplay. Uh, we got the power grid here, and I just have the base game of power grid in the, one of the boxes, and then the other one has a bunch of the extra maps and things. Um, power grid's a classic game, I guess, at this point. I never reviewed it, but it's definitely in my top, hmm, I don't know, top 20 or something like that. It's I really like this game. It doesn't come out very often because we've all kind of sort of played it to the point where you kind of feel like you solved it and kind of worked out how the the power plants come out and everything so it doesn't hit the table a lot but um i really enjoy this one so i'm keeping it uh vinos this is the new edition of vinos next to the gallerist here uh these two i would say gallerist is definitely my favorite of the two which would kind of kick this one out now you won't see co2 here uh, i got rid of that one in expectation of the second edition that's coming out that I think is still my favorite Vital Lacerda game, and he's the one that designed both of these. Um, so you won't see that here, but that's not because I decided to, you know, I didn't like it anymore or anything. That's just because I'm, if my second edition comes out, I just, you know, I move along the other one. I just don't have time for it because I'm, I'm like, oh, the second edition is coming out within a year, so bye, and then, you know, we'll get the new one that's going to be better probably. Uh, but I would say that would probably kick out Vinos um, because that's just kind of, Worn on me. The Gallerist, though, is like a work of genius, I think, and the same with CO2. So that's that shelf. Okay, moving up a shelf, and we're going to look at here is Tuscany over here. And this is like the full Tuscany viticulture, everything that comes in the game is all packed in there by magic. Uh, definitely take a look at my Tuscany review. I talk about kind of 
what I think is the best way, or at least in my opinion, my favorite way to play all of the different modules and expansions that come in custody to improve viticulture. Uh, this really has fired a whole ton of games for me uh, because this is one that you can kind of scale between sort of a, a lighter weight, more family game. Families played this uh, quite a bit and you can kind of scale up and add more complexity as folks play it. And uh, really excellent game. I mean, it kicked out Lords of Waterdeep and Stone Age and all that kind of like real medium weight Euros because you can scale it up and down. It just has a ton of uh, variety and variability and it's a really good solid uh, Euro game. Uh, Lords of Vegas, another good one. That's uh, this. These are both, I would say, family and gamer group uh, ready. That's, this whole shelf is kind of like that, actually. Um, so Lords of Vegas had a lot of fun playing out the gamer group with the family. This has the expansion in it. I have never played it with the expansion because Wait, is that a lie? That might be a lie. I think I played it once, and um, but I don't remember it that well because, I don't know, people don't like it or something, but um, I haven't played the, ex the expansion since then. So uh, anyway, so the, the base game I know for sure is a solid, uh, great game. It's kind of replaced Chinatown, although I play Chinatown after playing this. I do really like Chinatown, and, but I do think I like this more. It's just got a little bit more I don't know, the, the dice rolling and the, the gambling part and, and just kind of the, the flavor of it's a little bit more fun, that, that's all. I mean, they're both solid. I would play Chinatown anytime. If you said, we have a choice between these and I've chosen Chinatown, I would not cry too much, but I do prefer Lords of Vegas. All right, next is Whistle Stop. This is a new entry. This is definitely in the running for game of the year. I don't think this is my game of the year, but it's up there on the top of the list. Uh, great fun game, uh, kind of like card play slash route building slash all kinds of good stuff. I just did a review on it. Uh, really, really fun. Uh, Santorini, this is uh, in here because my wife loves it. This is her favorite game now, and uh, I love it too. And so this is something that we've played two-player a whole mess of times. And it just has a ton of replayability. It's a little abstract game, got different kind of special powers that are just going to change up every time you play the game. And it's just a really fun, quick game. You have a game that lasts 15 minutes or half hour, but it's not going to go much longer than that. Uh, really good, solid uh, couples game. Uh, next one here is Asara. This is one that stayed in my collection for quite some time. Uh, great family game. Also enjoyed it with the gamer group. It's a Kramer Kiesling design. Very interesting, kind of like, this is wrong, but I'm gonna say it's a trick-taking worker placement game where the workers are these different colored cards and all the different spaces you play like a red card to take maybe a little piece of the tower that you're building in Asara there. And then that means everybody else has to play red cards in that spot to get those particular kinds of pieces. So you kind of set the color, but other people can still go there. And you can play two cards uh, any two cards that you want if you don't have the matching color. So it just kind of builds up from there. So it's a real interesting light game, but there is some good like kind of probability stuff that you're doing with, okay, I've got this many reds, which means so many reds are out. If I do this, I gotta do this thing first, then I can kind of sleep on that spot and then go to another spot. It's got some cool stuff like that. Uh, next one is Airlines Europe. This is a fantastic game. I love this, it's a classic. Every time I kind of play this, I still break it out every couple of months now, still even, and uh, Every time I play it, I'm always like, I find like some new little kind of like just piece of, I don't know, elegance or something. I'm just kind of really charmed by Airlines Europe. It's kind of in the ticket to ride vein, but not really. I mean, it's got like stocks and pseudo partnerships and stuff like that, but it's done with such like a, a light touch that you kind of just don't really realize it's going on. And it has the, even like the map with the whole circular um, 
uh, airplane routes that are in there. This is a lot of kind of little subtleties in there. That's not like, there's no really heavy handed complexity or strategy or anything, but it's just, you kind of see the thought and everything that went into it to make it uh, replayable and stuff with a very, very fixed game actually. Uh, next here is Jorvik, and this is a, the Spikerstadt and the Spikerstadt expansion from Stefan Feld, kind of rethemed with the Viking theme. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite sort of auction game <laughs> style games, but a very, very different style of game. I've reviewed this, I've reviewed Spikerstadt and the expansions. Uh, go take a look at that. It's very, very mechanically driven. And then up there, you can see the little yellow sliver there. That's Agricola, uh, All Creatures Big and Small, the two-player game. Uh, this is still my favorite. I have the Caverna one still. Now this one has all the expansions, which just makes this you know way more replayable. Uh, if they ever come out with expansions for the Caverna one, I'll talk about that in a minute, but that would probably replace this because I like the mechanics of that better. Uh, but this is cool. It's kind of like very, this is like family Agricola for two players. You don't have any cards. It's basically Agricola. You go and get sheep and wood and all that stuff and grow your, your animals and all that stuff. Uh, so really cool. Uh, very simple, easy to get into, but all the expansion buildings and stuff just make it, you know, pretty replayable. Now this blue box here is the 1976 edition of Acquire. There's nothing special about that other than that was the year I was born, and so I just picked this one up. You can get this really cheap. I mean, this edition that you see there is the same from like 1965 on up into maybe into the 80s. Um, you, it's, it's nice because it has these plastic tiles that you can sort of set up. You don't need any like special card hold or anything. Um, it's the best edition of Acquire, I think, except for that really $300 1999 edition of Acquire. And I still break out Acquire uh, once in a while. It's very pure, simple gameplay. Um, it, you could say it's kind of like Airlines Europe, but ugly. <laughs> and, but uh, that's kind of not a very good comparison. But anyway, that's, that's that. Acquire's really good. I did a horrible review of it a long, long time ago. So don't watch that. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Bora Bora, Trajan, Castles of Burgundy. These are my the top three. This is like the Feld trilogy to me, honestly. Yeah, Jorvik's good, and there's other, some other good ones, but Burgundy, Trajan, Bora Bora, anytime, anywhere, we'll all break any of those out. And uh, and you know, this is this is a random thought it comes up to me sometimes. Somebody say, hey, which board game would you grab? You know. Uh, to take with you on a desert island or if your house is burning down if you had to choose one and i would be like i'm gonna leave these three there because um i feel like i've almost memorized them in a way that i wouldn't be able to maybe to necessarily recreate all the components exactly but i feel like i could get pretty close and the rules are so like this is one of those you just play so many times and rules are ingrained so somebody else can grab these and forget the rule book it's just it's just one of those i feel like i've almost like just completely digested the game you know kalis is one like that or like yeah it had this building and this building and this building and this building and these cards yeah so this is one these are just a set there these are just these will never leave me okay so those are all great i did reviews of all of those lots of people have reviewed them they're awesome and these would be like, you know, all floating in the top 20, give or take. Uh, and then Ethnos, you can see that's a new one there from, was that this year? I think, yeah, that was early, early this year, almost last year. This is a fun one, kind of in the vein of, you know, over here, Airlines Europe, Air Sara. Uh, it's got a ticket to ride kind of quality. It's definitely not a perfect game in terms of how it plays out. But I think for what it does, what it's trying to do is kind of a family pseudo game. This to kind of be very... 
Uh, it's kind of abstract, even though you've got like different creatures and things and stuff like that. It's still pretty abstract. I think most people can get into it and get into the mechanics of it. Okay, moving on. We've got first one here, uh, Gangs of Kimura. And this is... What's the name? Of, there's a, there was a game they released a long time ago, Game Workshop, uh, with orcs and things. This is sort of like the flying dark elf version of that. Gosh, I can't remember the name of that game. Uh, this is kind of like if they made X-Wing more of a board game, sort of. So you have these flying dark elf ships, and they've released rules for some of the Harlequin ships. Uh, this is very, very cool. It's kind of like a mini Necromunda campaign. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very wonky and weird and bizarre, but it's a lot of fun. And it's like a very, if you think of the word Ameritrash, it's kind of a quintessential that. You fly these ships around, your dark elves do these different drugs, and they're like gangs, and they do like crimes, and then you fly and you duel these other gangs. It's just very silly. <laughs> but it's really fun and quick and dirty, and the game can be over in five minutes, or the game could take, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, so it's pretty fun. It's just a silly game. And speaking of which, we've also got Walking Dead All Out War. This is a game that's really surprised me. Uh, I hope more games do this. This is a cooperative miniature game. You can play it competitively, uh, but I found that the cooperative is actually the most fun uh, way to play that. You just have like a little simple AI for a bunch of zombies and stuff like that. You can play through some of the stories out of the comic book. Uh, it's based on the comic book, not the TV show, but of course there'll be some similarities there. Really fun, uh, very cool miniatures. There's no assembly or anything with this like there is with, you know, a 40K thing, but uh, so you can just get it and there's single shot miniatures, you know, on par quality with like Descent or something. Um, maybe a little bit better, a little bit sturdier of a miniature, but they're right in that same ballpark. A uh, lot of fun. It comes with like all the little components you need. It's got little 2D terrain and everything. And I've got that with some of the expansions. I did mention, I think in the review, there's one of the expansions you you need. It's the Atlanta expansion. I can't remember the exact name of it, but you definitely want to get that, I think. You want to get the base set and that, and then if you really like it, then, um, then go for it. But the base game itself is a little bit shy of a full game. All right, so moving on is Samurai. This is the Reiner Knizia one. This is an old one. You can't get this one too much anymore from Hansem Gluck, and I believe Rio Grande also did this one. The new one from Fantasy Flight, it's all right, it's fine, but this is much better component-wise, I think, uh, than than that one. This is a great little abstract tile laying game. Uh, did a pretty terrible review of it several years ago as well, um, but definitely take a look at this one. Very, very abstract, but I enjoy it. Uh, Claustrophobia, I've got this plus, I think, all but one of the expansions. This is one of those kind of early indicators to me that I enjoyed miniature gaming. <laughs> but uh, if you're like a strict Euro type of person, then this would be a good one. It's sort of uh, like a dice worker placement activation system for, well, definitely for the demon player, uh, but also for the, the hero player. It, it's definitely a two-player game. But the hero will manage usually four different heroes, and they'll have uh, different uh, dice slots that they put and activate different abilities. And then as they take damage, you sort of mark up those slots, and they can't put dice in there anymore. Um, but it works really, really well. Uh, cool kind of dungeon crawl kind of thing uh, that goes on there. So I really like this one. And the miniatures are pre-painted, too. So there you go. No excuses. <laughs> All right. Uh, that kind of sounded jerky. I didn't mean that to sound tricky, but they're they're pretty nice for uh, miniature uh, pre-painted miniatures. Uh, Defenders of the Realm, believe it or not, this has all the expansions in it, and I have not touched 
most of those expansions. I've really just played with some of the extra heroes and stuff, but it's kind of the OCD collector's thing. It's like, oh, I gotta have the dragons and I gotta have these and one day I'll play with it all, but no. But this is, oh gosh, it probably is my favorite co-op. I know there's better ones now, but you'll see some of those on the shelf. Uh, this is still really, really fun. I love this co-op. I wish they would do Defenders of the Realm Legacy or something, because that would be bananas. Okay, so that's an awesome game. Highly recommend it. I think it's you can probably get it at a decent price. Back in the day, it used to be kind of expensive, but I think because it was always in and out of print. Um, okay, next is Caveman Curling. Maybe used to be my son's favorite game. I don't know that it still is. Uh, this is basically curling with this really cool like paper where you flick discs on them and it's basically the curling rules. You have these cool little tools and stuff that you can use. We actually do a house rule uh, with the tools that you can only use them once per game instead of uh, once per uh, per round and that kind of makes the skill level, you know, you need a little bit more skill because after, you, after, you know, after, after a while you play the game and, you know, you get better at it. <clears throat> That's good. It's probably my favorite dexterity game. Although Clask, which I sort of briefly mentioned earlier, is right up there too. Uh, okay, next we have Battlelore, and I've got a, basically everything for the game. I have every last thing that they've ever made for Battlelore, and I've got a little uh, packet of, or two packages of miniatures there that I can't, don't fit in the box. So kind of a dead space here in the shelves. Battlelore's awesome, I love it. Uh, I haven't played it since I started doing more Warhammer stuff, but I have, the, have had the itching to do it, and I won't really wanna go through and paint all of those, although it's kind of a daunting task. I kind of feel like, um, when I play this without really knowing, I kind of feel like I'm playing old school Warhammer Fantasy because you have like rank and flank kind of idea and uh, flanking is a big part of that game and all that stuff and the way ranged and stuff works. It's very sort of, you know, rank and file uh, type of miniatures but with some cool card play and hand management stuff. Uh, they haven't said it's dead yet and so hopefully they'll I don't really care if they come out with the expansions, honestly. There's so much stuff for it already uh, that you can pretty readily find, um, at least for right now. Um, but uh, I would recommend that game still because even though, you know, maybe they never come out with elves or dwarves or whatever, they've got like three main factions with tons of options between all the factions and tons of neutral monsters and things you can splash in. Really fun. Uh, Shade Spire, this is brand new. This game is fantastic. Uh, this is another one that might be up there for game of the year. Uh, simple two-player, sort of X-Wing-ish, but in Warhammer Fantasy setting. Uh, really, really cool, quick, fun game. It takes like 20 minutes. You play best two out of three. There's been a lot of coverage. I mean, at the time of this video, I don't think it's even out yet. It's coming out in like a week if I get this edited in time, or it's coming out like any day. So definitely take a look at that. Uh, really fun game. Very, very quick. Kind of more than meets the eye, I think, for sure. Uh, next is Nemo's War. This is the new edition. This has just been hitting shelves. Here, this is probably my favorite kind of straight solo game because this is just a pure solo game. You're just meant to be playing it, played it alone. You can play it co-op with two players. I haven't tried that. But it's from Victory Point Games. This is kind of the deluxe treatment for them. When I first played it, it was, uh, you know, paper chits and paper map and everything. It was still really, really fun. And they've upgraded the components a ton. They've changed the rules a little bit as well with this new edition. So if you go watch my old review, it won't be really that accurate to what you're getting now. But really, really fun. Lots of cool story and theme. 
lots of good kind of dice rolling and cool moments and uh, you know sailing Nemo submarine around trying to do science trying to wage war and all that kind of stuff pretty cool uh, next underneath that is Yokohama this is a very fun game this is last year uh, release but this has been one of the best heroes that I've played this year uh, for sure lots of replayability um, very interesting unique kind of mechanics uh, you know I did a review of it a lot of folks have done a review of it uh, definitely take a look at that one mechanic stuff's hard to talk about in a brief time but that's good now Terra Mystica this one might get replaced by Gaia Project coming out here in a couple of weeks uh, you know what can you say about Terra Mystica it's like rank number five on Board Game Geek um, but Gaia Project if it's any good will probably kick that one off my shelf um, so we'll see about that. So that's all I'm going to say about Terra Mystica. And there's miniatures. Uh, this is just a shelf I have for some of my bigger stuff, like tanks and tall fellas. Uh, and then I have sort of like a working area here. So like this Death Watch army here. I'm bringing this to this Death Watch stuff. So the Corvus Black Star and this tank and some of these fellas here uh, to pack some plugged along with also showed you the uh, Gene Stiller cult. So anyway, so I was just trying to organize the uh death watch and figure out because uh, i've got like well i've got a lot more now but i was i had a 2000 point army uh set up i've been collecting these guys for a while sort of in secret <laughs> for like since seventh edition before that uh so anyway so these here i'm trying to pare that down to 2000 points but anyway there's a shelf of miniatures enjoy okay speaking of miniatures this is kind of my main uh miniature shelf but we'll start up here we can see rumble slam just reviewed this not too long ago Absolutely love this game. This is definitely my running for game of the year. I know people are going to be like, what? I've never heard of that game. This is, let me just show it to you because nobody's heard of this thing. Um, yeah, that's not a good example, but I did a review of it. You can see it's a miniature wrestling fantasy uh, wrestling game. So it's kind of like WWE or, or something like that or WCW, whatever you watch. Uh, but fantasy, so think of like Blood Bowl, but wrestling super fun just ridiculous fun the miniatures are really great i mean there's very 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 little assembly uh involved i had to glue literally three pieces in this whole uh base set to get going you don't have to paint them just get them going and then you, you can have a lot of fun with it highly recommend that game uh sentinel tactics the flame of freedom this is sort of the uh the uh, sour pear in my collection because I think they've discontinued this and they've, I don't know, apparently there's some problems with the game or something, but every time I've played this, I've just been a blast. It feels like the best like superhero style game because you've got all these wacky powers going off and just crazy combos and things. Cool miniature combat. The boards are ugly as sin, but man, I have a great time with this. I think they're going to reboot this and so I'm I'm keeping this in hopes that they, it'll be compatible with maybe the figures and stuff in here or something, but man, I hope they really revisit that. And maybe they'll improve the miniatures because the miniatures in there are not great quality. I did end up going and springing for the uh, the pre-painted ones, which are not super great, but they're better than non-painted. That was way back before I started painting. I don't know, I really enjoy this game. You can probably find it really cheap if you want to give it a whirl. I, I get like harassed not harassed. I get teased <laughs> about this game and why I like it so much. But to me, it feels like just pure superhero. All right. So Lone Horrors is sort of a sentimental game. If you've heard me talk about it, this is kind of like my gateway game. Unable to find this anymore, but you can find it like used for pretty cheap still. Uh, it's now called Domain 
from Rio Grande Games, which is not the same game. It's kind of the same game, but I don't know. It took out my favorite mechanic, so I said, whatever, I don't care. Uh, this is really fun, but you really need four players exactly to play this. I did an awful, awful review of this several years ago. Uh, take a look at that if you have any interest. This is Dark, Darker, Darkest. I guess I get teased about this one too, but the rule book that it comes with, unplayable. The game is absolutely unplayable, but there's a second edition rule book that you can download on BGG, fixes all the mistakes in the rule book, and makes a couple of changes to the rules, I think, and uh, really fun co-op game. Uh, this is kind of like my zombie game. Uh, it kind of feels like you're playing Resident Evil, the board game, really, honestly. I mean, it really feels like that. Uh, uh, really cool game, very very fun. You can you can definitely find this one cheap. You can, I've seen it for like twenty bucks, and it comes with a ton of miniatures and stuff. Uh, so if you've got like uh, zombie side or something, you could even upgrade and just play with those miniatures and get the game super cheap. Uh, but it's really fun. I think it's kind of this is sort of a hidden gem because of the initial uh, Kickstarter. There were some problems with that, I think, and then of course the rule book and everything. There was a lot of problems with that. But if you can find this cheap and Looking for kind of a Resident Evil, the board game? Totally get that game. It's awesome. Uh, over here is kind of like the Games Workshop section. <laughs> Gore Chosen. Silly fun game. Uh, Shadespire totally replaces this. I wouldn't even get this. <laughs> I'm just getting Shadespire. Um, it's still cool. I've, I've got it because I've got a bunch of uh, um, the Corn Bloodbound guys in here that work with this and things. So, you know, it's still really fun. But I, I, would, I may just get rid of this. But the thing is... I wouldn't get rid of the miniatures because I want the miniatures for playing Warhammer Age of Sigmar, so I would just probably throw the box out, which seems horrifying to me because the game's actually fun. But Shadespire is a completely different game, but it kind of in that same genre, then it just destroys this game. Uh, Death Watch Overkill is really underrated. It's a very, very simple game. Uh, this is what, I mean, I love Death Watch and I love Gene Steeler Cult. I just, if you're talking 40K, I could give a rat's behind about chaos in the Imperium and the Emperor and all that stuff. That stuff is, uh, I know somebody's going to give me flag. I hate that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I just I can't get into that. But if we're talking Death Watch, which is sort of like, if you think about it, it's like the Night's Watch of 40K. It's like sort of the elite guys that have been sort of either handed over from their different chapters to fight. Xenos, which are usually Tyranids or Orcs or something, the aliens, they don't care about the chaos and all that. Um, uh, really cool thing, because Xenos here, the Tyranids and the Gene Steeler Cult, sort of like aliens, but they're a little bit more interesting, like there's hybrids of them that have sort of taken over humans and all that stuff. I don't know, I just get into that, because I, I guess I grew up liking aliens. But that's a really fun game. Uh, lots of assembly and stuff involved. Uh, you're not going to want to play it uh, without painting it or anything, I don't think, because it's... The thing about Games Workshop miniatures is they look awesome, but not unpainted. Like, the miniatures, the quality themselves, but, like, that gray color drives me bananas. And that's really why I started painting as these two Warhammer quests down here. I was like, man, I have to put paint on these. I don't know what it is. Like, the Descent ones are all colored, you know, like the monsters are color, the heroes are blue, and the games like that. But these are just like a really sickly gray. So anyway, I started painting Silver Tower and then like, and then everything kind of exploded from there. Uh, these two Silver uh, Warhammer Quest games are really fun. Um, a good question on which one of these to get. This one's cool because you can solo it and do co-op. This one requires a DM, but it is unlike any other uh, DM dungeon crawl kind of thing, like a Hero Quest or um, 
um, uh, Descent or anything. It has a very cool system of like just one giant level, one giant dungeon that you can go in and out of, and there's little story things that you can add in. And I don't know, they're both so like unique uh, in the whole dungeon crawl space. I mean, this is a really awesome co-op. Um, it, the difficulty stuff in here, it can be too easy depending on which uh, heroes you take. You can take heroes that make it too easy. If you t use four players, it'll be easier than if you use two players and so on, or two characters. So maybe play with two characters. But this actually has some difficulty uh, modifications to the rules that you can easily port back into Silver Tower, and it makes it much uh, more interesting of a game. Uh, but I, I highly recommend either of those. High, these are high on my top 100. Um, Shadow War Armageddon. Now this is just a bunch of terrain sitting in that box. Um, but yeah, that's I did a review of that. It's really wonky and crazy and uh, very, very random and stuff like that. But yeah, I think uh, this would be kind of a hit or miss with folks because it it kind of shows its age with the design. There's just it's just a kind of a dice fest and stuff, but I don't know. It's super fun to get in and invest in and build up a team and go through a campaign and kind of play out the story. If you're going it from a kind of a narrative point of view, then that's going to be a ton of fun, similar to Frostgrave. Um, uh, so I didn't really talk about Frostgrave, I just, but Frostgrave is, I would certainly get that over Shadow War Armageddon. Okay. So that's that shelf. And we're going to go across the top here and then back down the other side. So apologize for the wobbliness because I don't really have a good spot to put the camera. So I've got all the Shadows of Brimstone and Imperial Assault stuff. Uh, Shadows of Brimstone is awesome. We're going to get together in I think two weeks and play another game of it. We played it several times. It's been a while uh, since we played it. Several several months. Uh, so we're going to keep going through our campaign of it. And uh, I don't know. I love this game. It's, just, it's very, very open-ended. Um, it feels like you're playing more of a D&D style campaign because it's not just a dungeon crawl. You go into town, you do all this stuff, you get all these crazy mutations and your character really kind of has a more of a life of its own uh, than it does typically in a dungeon crawl. Um, you know, where you just normally get like new skills. Uh, Imperial Assault, super fun. I'm honestly biding my time for the app that's supposed to come out, Fancy Flight. Um, I actually prefer this for Skirmish. The We played through the main campaign and I was kind of bitter at the end of it. We had a lot of fun, but at the end it was just like, these are all the same mission. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, but I recommend that if you want like a kind of a quick Skirmish game. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like playing a miniatures game, right? But it's all card based and stuff like that, super fun. And hopefully the app's pretty cool. Uh, there you've got Monopoly Gamer. Yes, I know, it's a lot of fun. I don't care. Um, and then the Twilight Struggle Collector's Edition underneath that in that uh, wooden box. Also very cool. And then over there we've got Star Wars Rebellion and Descent, or not Descent, Dead Zone. Let me zoom in a little bit there. Whoops. Yeah, so Dead Zone and then the Lancaster Big Box, which is an excellent Euro. And the War of the Rings Anniversary Edition, which is ridiculous. And I haven't played it since I got <laughs> the Anniversary Edition. So. Yeah, so I don't know why I got it, but I love the original game or the second edition, which is that what that's based off of. Um, all the, all those games up there are excellent. Dead Zone's great. The miniatures are not, 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 not Games Workshop quality, but the gameplay is fantastic. It's excellent. It's like playing Necromunda or something like that or Shadow War. A um, little bit maybe more solid of uh, mechanics. I'm going to have to say that, but uh, really cool kind of campaigns and stuff you can go through. Uh, Rebellion speaks for itself, and the other two kind of speak for itself. I think. Well, Lancaster's not really 
that well known of a game. It's a very interesting kind of worker placement. There's some auctioning kind of thing. It's got some cool like uh, thematic twists in there. It's by the designer of uh, Glenn Moore, uh, Matthias Kramer. Uh, really, really interesting. It makes it, it kind of feels more epic than it is because you get kind of a sweep of history and things like that. Uh, yeah, check out my review of that one. Okay, dropping down now, we've got uh, a bunch of little boxes here. Now first, we've got a couple of Frostgrave uh, boxes. This is an expansion. These are some accessory cards. And then we've got these little cards here for playing uh, Warhammer and Warhammer 40K. Uh, these are just little like mission cards and things. Get those out of the way. Whoops, goodbye. And then we have here San Juan, all-time favorite game. Love this game. This is the new edition. It's got kind of the new expansion stuff in there. Uh, we've got the two Eight Minute Empire boxes there. I also have the um, the fantasy one. It's, it, all this is kind of bundled in these two boxes there. And then we have here. This is the um, Lost Legacy. Uh, all that stuff is in this box there. You can see the bags and the different expansions there. I don't have everything for that. I think I've got three, and there's like six of them now, or something like that, or five. Uh, so there's that. Let this stuff out of the way. Uh, we have Rhino Hero, which if I get the new super rhino hero then i'll probably get rid of that one because that seems really cool and let's see kind of working down exploding kittens i had somebody literally tell me they are unsubscribing to my channel because i enjoyed that game even though i didn't say it was a good game i just said i enjoyed it <laughs> because i gave it airtime that made me uh, made them want to unsubscribe to me so that's fine uh, this one here is omega uh excuse me not omega it is omen the omega edition uh, this is an awesome game. If you can get a hold of this, get a hold of it. But I would wait because I hear that Colossal Games is actually bringing out like a new edition of this with some revamp and stuff. Now this is kind of like all the expansions and everything in one. This is like the third or fourth copy of this I've had. Because uh, he, he seems like every year he'd come out with like a Kickstarter for a new edition of it. Uh, that's awesome. It's kind of like a two-player head-to-head battle game with some real funky uh, good uh, hand management mechanics and stuff like that. Uh, set in like uh, ancient Greece with you know all the Greek uh, mythology and stuff not actual Greece um, So potato man, that's a weird game uh, Watch my review of that. I don't want to explain it because it's super funky ladder climbing trick taking game type of thing Really cool though. Very very I know potato man. You think that's the dumbest thing ever, but it's awesome uh, Court of the Medici is a two-player mm, battle game, but it's super weird um gosh it's very hard to explain why it's good i did a review of it um but man if you can find that one you know for a few bucks pick it up give it about five plays or so because it's not super obvious you know what where the kind of the depth is because uh, you can have very quick games and stuff like that it's, it's just very very weird uh so definitely look at that one uh frank zoo this is another you can't find this one unfortunately um, they should reprint this one or something and maybe gloss it with a new edition. It has some really crazy uh, team dynamics where you're kind of like switching teams every round based on where your score's at. Um, that's what kind of the linchpin of it is for me. Now you need a very specific player count. I think it's four or five will work with this. I believe so. I think it's best with five. It's been some time since I played it, obviously. This would have been in my uh, lunch... Um, lunch uh, you know cupboard but i uh i don't know I, I we played it 
I know I played it outside of lunch and then I haven't uh, forgot to take it back. So maybe I should take it out of there. <laughs> I'm gonna do that right now. Cause I'm like, why is that there? That should be my lunchbox. Uh, and the next down here is Fairy Tale. I need to get the new edition of this. This is a very old edition of it. This is like a drafting game, kind of similar to Seven Wonders. Um, very cool. I don't think I've reviewed this one, maybe, because it's so old and there's a lot of reviews. Go watch some reviews on it. There's some good reviews on this one. Uh, definitely pick it up. You can get the new edition now pretty cheap. Uh, really cool. I'm kind of unassuming. This is a great lunchtime game as well. Uh, this one, I think I've brought it back because I, I don't know, I just haven't thought about it, but I want to get the new edition. It's got some new cards and stuff. Um, Red 7, this is weird. This one should be in my lunch box, but my lunch people didn't like it and they're all wrong and dumb for, for not liking it. No, they're not. But this is a really silly, fun, cool game. I don't know, it's, it's a Carl Chudik game. So you'll see two of his games here in a second, but this is really cool. It's really fun, silly filler game. It's right up there with like exploding kittens in terms of like, you know, what the heck's going on. But anyway, definitely, I did review that. I know there's some other reviews of it. It's. This is one of those you gotta play it a few times too. Like Corda Medici, you can play it once or twice, but like this game's dumb. And this one, Red Seven, you can play it and be like, this game's dumb. But then if you play it a few more times, you're like, eh, I kind of get it now. Anyway, so next is Maximum Throwdown. This is one of those games where you like throw cards on the table and try to land it in certain places. This one's cool because it's got different special abilities and stuff like that. We've had fun with this at lunch. Uh, Stop bringing it because we ended up like all standing around hooting and hollering in the cafeteria and like, well, let's not do that at work. But uh, that's super fun. Great, uh, you know, filler type game. Uh, no thanks. I brought that here because I'm sick of playing it at lunch. So I'm going to keep it away because it, people always ask for it and I'm sick of it. But it's good. I just need a break. Uh, this is the other editions of Love Letter. I've got the collectors. Why is this even here? Hang on. Oh, no. This has like the Batman edition and stuff like that. Because <laughs> I was like, why do I... Why do I still have this? The Batman edition I really like, um, but the best edition is that collector's edition that's in my, my lunchbox. Um, so yeah, this is, I kept this though because it's got the Batman and the uh, Lord of the Rings edition. I think it's got like the L5R edition as well. So I just have that there. I probably don't, I probably should get rid of it. Anyway, uh, this one here is this bottom one here. You can see it's kind of like a ribbon. It's called 12 Days. And I think it's a Mike Slinker design who did uh, Pathfinder Adventure card game and stuff like that. Uh, really cool game uh, that is a card drafting game with like a set collection based on the 12 days of Christmas that song uh, man it's good I did a review of it it's again a lot of this this kind of shelf this uh, column here very unassuming games that are definitely more than meets the eye I think so definitely take a look at this 12 days I think you can find this at kind of your local game stores I've seen it around here at like uncle's games and things uh, float around on the shelf. It's great because the theme is kind of you want to break it out, you know, around Thanksgiving and the Christmas and stuff. But um, it's a good game. I mean, it's just a really interesting game. And the way that you kind of build up your hand of cards over the course of the round, I don't know. It's really cool. Uh, moving along here, we have here Haggis, which I have sort of semi-retired to the shelf. I still really enjoy this game. But Chimera, which I showed you earlier, uh, has definitely replaced it. Uh, this is still a really, really good game, though. Uh, ladder climbing game. Uh, this Chimera just does it kind of a little bit better. Uh, this, though, does work with uh, two players, so that's really cool. Uh, code names, I've got code names pictures and the original code names in here. Don't have uh, Duet yet, but um, I've played Duet. It's good. This has been a, good, a great game. This has been 99% successful with just every type of human. Uh, one player, one person I played it with did not like it. 
but that's okay. Uh, gamers, family members, extended family members, random people <laughs> have really enjoyed this game. So this is kind of like your, this is like your uh, Dominion now, you know, everybody say, oh, Dominion is like the ticket Dominion, ticket to ride. You know, that's the thing. This is the thing now. I think the, the universe will know about, or already does. Anyway, Seven Wonders Duel here is uh, got the expansion. This is awesome. It's great with the expansion. It's great without the expansion. Really fun. I prefer this to normal Seven Wonders. Uh, I did a review of it. I think I reviewed the expansion. I'm sure I did. And uh, yeah, it's just a great little dueling game. Uh, cool uh, kind of end game conditions that are going to change up military science, you know, scoring victory points. Uh, and I've seen almost all. I don't think I've. No, no. Gosh. God, one day we played it a whole bunch and somebody did one with science. I'm pretty sure of it. And moving slightly down here, we've got Fleet and the Expansion here. This is a fantastic launch game. The problem with this is, is once you play it with the Expansion, you don't want to play the base game, but when you play the Expansion, it goes too long to play at lunch. You know, it goes, it's like, an, it's only like an hour, but it's a solid hour. So you just, you know, you bump into folks meeting time and their lunch hour gets completely eaten up. It takes up a ton of table space. So just in terms of like the lunchtime environment, it doesn't quite work anymore, which is sad because the lunchtime group loved it. I mean, we played with the expansion several times, but it was just like, mm, we're, <laughs> we're not finishing games, we're rushing, you know, as, as we get better at the game and are taking longer with our turns. But I 100% recommend this with the expansion. Fantastic in that sort of race for the galaxy, but it's an auction type of vein, really cool. Uh, let's see, so we got Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert. These are great. I break, break these out once in a while. This is kind of in that vein of code names where you can kind of just break it out, teach it real quick. And it's a fun, sweet little co-op. I've soloed these a few times as well each. Uh, great, just quick games, nice little puzzles to try to solve. Um, Designer of Pandemic did both those. Awesome. Uh, Biblios, this is a great game here as well. Burnt out with it uh, at launch. The reason it's here is because I've since cobbled it together, whoops, uh, played it with the family and the gamer group and stuff, so it's just kind of sitting outside the, the lunch box for now. Uh, Rapa Nui as well. Kind of this, these are two really great lunch games that I've just, you know, brought home to play at home. And the redoing uh, Rapa Nui is something. It's the same mechanics, I think. This is the designer of Carcassonne did this. Um, Gosh, I can't remember the name of the new one. I'm sure if you go look up Rapa Nui on Board Game Geek, they'll have a link or show you the name, but they're redoing this, uh, not Cosmos. Somebody else is doing it. Really underrated game. They never brought it to the States or anything or printed it in English, I don't even think. Uh, but I highly recommend that. Hey, here we go. Glory to Rome. This is the good edition, not the ugly black edition. Anyway, there's all I got all the expansion cards and stuff like that. Uh, Glory Rome's great. This one's grown on me. I've almost got rid of this game a few times, but then it just kind of uh, sunk its teeth into me after a bit. And this is another one. I think you got to play this one a few times, not because uh, you know in some of these other games you'll have like weird endings. Well, I guess you, you could have weird endings, but yeah, it just is sort of. I don't know. It's a little bit awkward of a design, I guess. But after you play it, it doesn't become so. It's just really weird. You got all these four different ways to score cards and everything. Really cool, but you can't find it. And they need to get that out of copyright hell. And somebody needs to do it. Just you know, just do a different theme. You know, don't call it Glory to Rome. Just make it the exact same mechanics. I don't care. Nobody's gonna care. Just do it. Some publisher do it. And pay Carl Chudik. You know, done. Who cares about those other publishers that are sitting on that? 
Oh, wow, that was a rant. All right, so next is Innovation. This is Innovation Deluxe, which I just got not too long ago. It's got a bunch of expansions I haven't played with. I actually like Innovation more than Glory to Rome. It's got the same wonkiness. I did do a review of the base game, and this is definitely an acquired taste too, but I love it. It's a civilization card game. Uh, mechanics are wacky and out of bounds and ridiculous, but it's a great, fun game. Uh, I, do, I don't have Impulse here. You don't see Impulse because, again, I got rid of the first edition because I'm waiting for a new edition, which is not by Asmati Games, it's by somebody else. They have their blessing to do it, but I feel like there's some bad blood, I don't know. It seems kind of sticky, but they said that's okay. So I said, okay, well, I'll back it. Um, with some new artwork and stuff. So Impulse would be one I'd throw up there. Those kind of, that's kind of my trilogy. I mentioned my trilogy of Feld games, you know, Burgundy, Trajan, and Bora Bora. My trilogy of Chuddock is Glory to Rome, Innovation, and Impulse. I do not like some of his other games, but today is not the day to disparage games. Moving down over here. Whoop, that's not straight. Is straighten up. We have Warhammer Quest, the adventure card game which is sadness for people because it's not being printed, but you can still find it. You can get some of the character expansions for way too expensive, um, but you can definitely get the base game. There's a lot of replayability in here. Uh, you got kind of sort of a little mini story you go through, and then there's a delve mode, which is what I like, which is sort of like a, um, what do you call it? Like a roguelike uh, video game where you kind of replay the dungeon, but it's all different and sort of procedurally generated, so to speak by the random cards. <laughs> uh, that's really, it's really fun, it's really cool uh, type of game. And if you're a fan of Arkham Horror LCG, you might take a peek at this while it's still around. It's similar, there's more dice rolling and stuff, it's a little bit more combat heavy, uh, well, a lot more combat heavy, a little less story heavy, but it's kind of a good sort of in that vein. Next is Deception Murder Hong Kong, fantastic game, sort of a resistance betrayer, mysterium, mashup style of game, almost like Clue, like if you were actually playing Clue as it was sort of, uh, like you would think Clue would be like before you ever opened the box and played Clue, you'd be like, oh, Clue's about finding the murderer. This is, this is what it's supposed to be like. Uh, Clue's fine, I love Clue when I was a kid, but this is like really cool type of thing here. Very good, rich in theme and stuff. One of the best kind of games in that whole social, uh, social game idea. Okay, moving on down, we got four more shelves to go. So thanks for hanging in there. Uh, Space Cadets, this is one of my all-time favorite games. Uh, this is really, really cool, uh, very wonky. It's a little bit of a barrier to entry type of co-op. Uh, each player's got very asymmetrical powers. Um, this one's kind of been 50-50 on the internet, but when I bro broke it out and played it with uh, gamer friends and family, uh, we've liked it. Uh, it's been some while since we played it. It kind of it doesn't really make sense, but it kind of has been replaced by um, uh, Captain Sonar, uh, which is really good. I don't have the game. Uh, there's been a, there's a couple copies that float around in my group, but I love that game, Captain Sonar. But I still like this too. It's it's different, but it's it's kind of in that same kind of frantic uh, co-op. Like you know, some of this stuff is sort of real time uh, um, in Captain Sonar, but this has sort of that same kind of vibe to it. Uh, so next we got Stop Thief, Downforce. These are both from uh, Restoration Games. These have instantly gone on my shelf. Downforce is, I mean, you look at the mechanics and, and what it does and you think this game is just kind of basic, but it's really, really fun. Uh, same with Stop Thief. I mean, it's got a, this one's got an app 
Uh, for actually, Downforce is going to have some kind of app thing, but uh, I don't know what it's going to do. But Stop Thief has an app. You can uh, they updated it not too long ago. You can kind of change some more parameters and stuff. I haven't had a chance to look at it. It's going to come out with a co-op and a solo mode. This is sort of like uh, Scotland Yard or Fury of Dracula, but with the thief here driven by the app. It's really fun. It's cool. These are both great family games, 100%. Um, next is Tiger's New Freddy's. This is one of my all-time favorite games. This is the new Fantasy Flight Edition. You notice Samurai didn't get the new one. This one is the new one. Uh, this is uh, fantastic. I, I like this edition the best. I know people like don't like the plastic over the wood. I don't really care that much about the material, but I think this one looks great. It's got all the kind of little expansion updates. I didn't. I never had any of those those uh, later Mayfair ones. I had a very old one that didn't have some of the new variants and stuff to try. Uh, this is excellent. This is going to be kind of a hit or miss, I think, because it's very abstract and people like theme given to them on a plate. But uh, this is uh, man. I get ranty when I keep going. Um, anyway, so this is this is good. Not everybody's gonna like that though. Now I have Caverna, Cave versus Cave, and then Caverna here. Love them, love them both. Uh, kind of holding this on hopes that they'll come out with an expansion. If not, then I'll get rid of it because I have Agricola, all creatures big and small. Uh, this is fantastic. This needs expand. No, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I go back and forth because it's got so much stuff in it. I don't think it needs an expansion, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool. So, you notice no Agricola. I prefer Caverna. That's all. Now, whoop, moving over. Watch out. We've got here the two Dead of Winter boxes. Dead of Winter, Dead of Winter, Long Night. Absolutely love this game, especially with Long Night. Makes it a decent co-op as well as a trader game. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this. This is this is top of um, top of my top 100 if I were to do a list. This would be way up there because of Long Night. It was already on the list, but Long Night really pushes it up there and. Um, I guess it's a zombie game, like Dark, Darker, Darkest, but this is not really about the zombies. This is like, this is kind of like The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's got zombies in it. It's not really about the zombies. Uh, and then we've got Elder Tor. I don't have everything for it. I've got most stuff for it. This is the one that kind of fights for best co-op over Defenders of the Realm down there. Uh, just because it's so quick and easy to play and actually it's pretty easy to set up. There's a lot of stuff, but uh, it just, it just kind of plays, you know? Like, it, 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 I don't want to say it plays itself because it doesn't, but it kind of feels like it does. Like, you're just in there for the ride. Your decisions matter. All that stuff matters. You know, that you have agency. You're you're invested in everything that's going on, but it just kind of smooth and buttery. <laughs> and it's got, and just the wackiness of the Lovecraft um, works really well here. And because you're like, whoa, what randomly happened now? I mean, it's kind of a trope now, but it's, it just works here because it's just, you're flying all over the world and you're running into stuff that you're not, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, next here, we've got Firefly and its expansions there. That one might be on its way out. That one hasn't hit the table in some time. Um, you know, it just, it's a good game. I like it. I like it for the theme. I like it because it fits in that universe and everything. But again, it just kind of hasn't hit the table very much, and I haven't honestly had the desire to bring it out. It's you kind of need some expansions to get it to get to the full game. The base game by itself is okay, but once you add some of the expansions, and not even these big expansions here, I would add just a couple of those little expansions to add more player interaction. Uh, once you play with that stuff, it's really fun. Um, but yeah, it kind of takes a little bit of time to set up and in the length of it and stuff. I'm not sure it's quite worth it. 
when I've got some of the other games that I can do quicker and still have the same amount of fun kind of thing. So that one might be going bye-bye. We'll see. Okay, next shelf, we got Fury of Dracula. Awesome, amazing game. You gotta pick this up because I don't know this is gonna come back and print. This is my absolute favorite, um, you know, hidden movement game. Absolutely, I love this game. All kinds of theme and good stuff and fun and, and just they'll have some crazy games and some real nail biters. Uh, super, super cool. Really, really enjoy this one. Uh, here we've got a couple of uh, Guild Ball uh, boxes here. I've got my two different teams in there. And I've got these around. Uh, I've been waiting to kind of pick up the, there's a two player starter box with plastic miniatures. These are terrible metal miniatures. Um, so I, I just haven't gotten around to it just because there's all of these other miniature skirmish games and stuff like that wrestling game I showed you and you know, playing Frostgrave and stuff. This is a great game though. This is a solid game. If you are a Euro person, and I, don't, I always use that as sort of a hook, but if you like mechanics in, in all that stuff and really interesting mechanics, this is probably the best mechanical miniature game that I've played. It's a lot like War Machine, which I've tried. Uh, so it's kind of like War Machine, but you don't have to like get super invested in it. And it's, a, it's, a, it's basically soccer with combat. Um, and the two-player box set is there's no assembly. Uh, they're all plastic. They're, they're color-coded miniatures. It comes with a board and all that stuff. So I would totally look at that. Um, getting that and I think it's reasonably priced you know 60 bucks around there but anyway this is a good game so I'm just kind of holding on to these to see you know how much further I want to get into it Forbidden Stars this is like the well these two are sadness because <laughs> these are you can't really get um, you can still get them but they're just not being printed I, I don't think uh, but Forbidden Stars here excellent game it, it could do with some expansions not because it needs it just because it would be it's 40k you know and it should have these other expansions this is a great game this is this is like almost fired eclipse for me because it's like what would you rather play eclipse or forbidden stars this every time every time but eclipse is a different game it's more economical and more epic and sweeping and you know you feel like you're playing more of a 4x game where this is just it, it's a 4x game but it's this cool mechanics and stuff um, this game's awesome. It's just super fun to play, super quick. Um, grab it if you can and give it a shot. I've seen it go pretty cheap, 30, 40 bucks. Um, and I think they're, like, that price might change once they start to uh, disappear. Uh, really enjoy this game. Very different asymmetrical powers and stuff with the different factions and big epic sweep type of thing. And it only takes about three, four hours to play really once you get going. Uh, Blood Rage, awesome, love this game. This is one of my favorite games of all time now. Um, car drafting, area control, all that good stuff. Um, there's been a lot said about this thing. It's like number 10 on Board Game Geek. Um, I'm going to paint all the miniatures one of the days, one of these days. We'll see. Uh, Clash of Cultures. That is all the 4X games that I've played. That's my, this is my number one right here. This, this I'll play over Forbidden Stars or Eclipse. Uh, it's a civilization game. You need the expansion, which they are silly and are not reprinting because Z-Man is silly. Stop being silly, Z-Man. Give somebody the rights to Clash of Cultures or reprint it. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, it's my favorite Civ game, my favorite 4X game. It just, it, it plays out so differently. With the expansion, it can play out so differently every time because you get these different abilities and things that make it so maybe you don't really want to fight, you know? Like, I've had games where, like, it's bloody, it's, it's terrible. There's fighting everywhere from the beginning. And I play games where there was, like, one fight the whole game because people were doing more civvy stuff. They weren't just doing combat. And I love that the game can play out uh, differently like that. Uh, Robinson Crusoe, this is the other, I think that's the only other one. Yeah, 
that so the Robinson Crusoe, Eldritch Horror, and Defenders of the Realm are that's kind of my trifecta of co-op games. Um, this is fantastic. The rule book's kind of wonky, but I don't know. It can't be worse than the first Martians rule book. <laughs> anyway, so but this is you know it's this is like the old first Martians. Um, it's really cool. I mean, I love this game. I like the theme of this more than First Martians, to be honest. I think, I know there's some new stuff coming out for it too, so I'm excited for that. I don't know what it's going to be exactly, um, but I'm pretty excited about what that's probably, maybe I don't know or know what that's going to be. Uh, Robinson Crusoe is, I love it. I mean, if you can get to the rulebook, the game is simple. I mean, it's it's hard. The mechanics are simple. Um, you know, watch some videos on it. You know, the rulebook itself is maybe just you know kind of funky but the systems and everything are really simple and easy to get into and really thematic and there's a lot of good flavor so if you can get through that barrier of a rule book and kind of just spend a little bit of extra effort you know i know games don't you know you shouldn't have to do that obviously but if you do i think you're going to get highly rewarded there for sure 100 uh inish this is cool this is really good this one might be on its way out i kind of have had mixed um you know, mixed uh, feelings with the groups about this. It can be pretty brutal and mean. Tried it with the family once, did not go well. Um, I figure because it's, it's sort of a simplistic four, not a 4X, but the dudes on a map. Um, but it's got the cards and everything. And uh, so that kind of, the, the card play kind of drives your engine there. Um, but yeah, I don't know, it didn't go well. And mm, I don't know, I could play Blood Rage or something else, you know, another game on the shelf below this. So that one might go, even though the game's really good. Uh, Eclipse got this. I think I have all the expansions, um, but I haven't played that in a while. We're gonna hopefully play Twilight Imperium, the new one, soon. Um, but uh, I played Twilight Imperium third edition, and I kind of enjoyed that, but I only played it once, so I couldn't really make a good judgment call. Um, I don't know, I've skimmed through Twilight Imperium fourth edition, I'm like, ooh. You might, uh, you might be pushing this fella out of my collection. But I gotta play it again, because it, it, there's one or two things that Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition did that I was like, uh, okay, which made me would rather play Eclipse. I'm not gonna talk about it now, but I wanna give 4th Edition a good good shot um, before I figure that out. Because like it was only once, so I was like, eh, I don't know, I should play it again <laughs> before I make like a decision. Um, but this is good, I really like Eclipse. Eclipse is excellent. Uh, I think it used to be ranked, what, number five or two or something on Board Game Geek. I highly recommend Eclipse if you haven't played it. Um, you know, there's, they have the missile strategy. That's, I don't know, like that's not the end of the world. I, th that nuke thing that you get, um, that is a lot more, nobody seems to make a big deal out of that thing. There's like a technology that allows you to sort of gobble up a planet very quick. Um, that's kind of the flaw of Eclipse is the way the technology comes out is cool because it's going to be all different. But if somebody grabs the technology before anybody else can, and then it doesn't come out or the counter technology doesn't come out. Yeah. Then it gets kind of a weird situation. Um, but yeah, so I still enjoy it though. It's still fun. Okay. Two more. I'm going to kind of blow through these. So we got automobiles. This is with the expansion. Fantastic. Uh, probably my favorite racing game. Maybe my favorite deck building style game. Next to what might be my other favorite deck building game, Eminent Domain. Uh, they're not strict deck builders, but they have that kind of deck building element to them. And uh, really enjoy this. This is a lot of fun. I had a chance to play this with some new people at Shut Up and Sit Down convention. They really enjoyed it. Uh, so I need to, need to remember. I'm going to take this off my shelf because I brought it before to game night and it didn't go over quite as well as it did with the family. But the folks I played it with 
really enjoyed it. So I'm taking it off the shelf so I don't forget to take it. Uh, Eminent Domain is fantastic. This is one of my all-time favorite uh, card games. I love this. I love the theme of it. This is kind of like you're playing Twilight Imperium, the card game. I mean, not really, but it definitely has a nice kind of spacey, empire-y feel. And the way that you interact with the other players is really cool. Kalis, favorite game of all time. Uh, still? Yeah, I think so. I don't care. It's it's at the top of the list. I don't care if it's number one or number two. Uh, awesome. Still play this relatively frequently. And London, this is the new edition. Uh, this is good. This is better than the first edition. Highly recommend this. Had a chance to play this some more over the last weekend. And still trying to be good at it. <laughs> And here's Argent the Consortium. Now this is the other level 99 game I talked about at the um, beginning of the shelf. Uh, this game is cool. Th this one and then the uh, Millennium Blades, both from level 99. Very different style games. Highly recommend both games. Very unique and interesting. And I highly recommend folks at least give them a try because there's not games like them on the market. Uh, this is a worker placement game, but it's also got hidden like election kind of thing. It's really neat, weird theme, uh, kind of an anime Harry Potter theme, which I could, you know, take or leave. But it's really funky, lots of cool different uh, special abilities, tons of extra cards and expansion things that you can get for it. This one does come out uh, still frequently in the group. There's a couple copies floating around the group as well. Uh, we, we've all seemed to really get a, uh, enjoy exploring this one for sure. Uh, Liberté, which I hope gets reprinted. This is a Martin Wallace game that uh, is kind of like a Ticket to Ride political game. Uh, gosh, it's hard to describe. I did a decent review of the rules uh, back in the day. Highly recommend this one. This one I need to bring out too. I feel like I should put that one in my bag. I'm not going to overwhelm everybody. This one I should bring out again. I haven't played this one in a while. I really enjoy this game. Very different. Plays up to six players. Uh, you kind of shifting allegiances and stuff like that. It's really cool. Urban Sprawl. This is another one I get teased about liking. Um, it's uh, it's awesome. I don't care what anybody says. It's really fun. It's really wonky and chaotic. And uh, next to it is Dominant Species, which I've never played. And that's the only reason. This is it. That the only game. Uh, no, it's not. I got one more down here that I haven't played. Uh, Dominant Species. I haven't played. I know, but uh, it's once one of those six-hour things, so it's hard to do on like a game night on a weeknight. And it's been nominated, you know, we'll do like Saturday game days, but this stuff trumps it all the time. But I really like Urban Sprawl, and I really like another game by the same designer on the shelf below. And so I really want to play Dominant Species because, gosh, this is supposed to be his best game. So I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm keeping it. I'm not getting rid of it because it's supposed to be amazing and awesome. And it looks like my style of game. And the rules aren't bad. So I don't know. We just haven't got a chance to play it because it takes long. Uh, Godfather. Uh, did a review playthrough type of thing with this. Still awesome. We broke it out what, last week and still had a great time with it. It's really great. I think people should definitely take a look at it. I would say it might creep into my best of the year list near the top in the middle somewhere. Uh, really cool, more than meets the eye type of game. You know, uh, let's leave it at that. And uh, Great Western Trail. That's definitely my game, favorite game from last year. That's a that's a that might be top 10 all time. But this one comes out all the time in my game group still. All the time. Uh, we, I mean, think, I think to a person, we love it. Um, so that's, I, I love that game. They're really cool. Uh, I did a review of it. There's been some other good reviews of it as well. Uh, definitely take a look at that. Uh, Steam. Uh, Steam plus a bunch of maps. Uh, that one comes out not too often in the game group. It's been some time. But it does, I do bring it out with the family. Uh, we play the... Um, 
we usually play we and i play like the full game with like the loans and the auctions and stuff like that at the beginning um i actually think that's overkill because having played both versions enough i just play like the basic role selection thing and it kind of just gets rid of a little bit of that extraneous uh math that you have to do uh so i i would pick that up because you can kind of play where it's almost as challenging i guess as age of steam but you can also dial it back and i like to play the dialed back version of it um yeah, it's, it's a really cool, just nice uh, networking route type of thing. It's very pure in that sense when you play with just the roll selection. Okay, last shelf. Okay, we've got here some of the no retreats. This one here is uh, the one that I've played. <laughs> These other two I have not played. This one's great. I love this one. I played this, I think, five times now. Not So not a lot, but it's uh, it's good. It's really cool. It's kind of a card-driven uh, hex encounter type of thing. So you think of like Twilight Struggle or something like that. Um, but you have your kind of tr real traditional, what you think of when somebody says a tabletop war game, uh, it's this, there's, there's chits and there's events and weather and all kinds of crap. And it's all World War II stuff. And, but it's got some card play with some events and you can spend the cards to do like operations sort of, and, uh, kind of sort of like counterattacks and stuff. Uh, so the, all these use that same system and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't have like the right folks to play this. I like, I like, actually, frankly, I like opening and reading these and looking at them and dreaming about playing them. Isn't that silly? Uh, but I do. And I think there's, I think I'm missing one, but I haven't grabbed it because like I said, I haven't played anything beyond, uh, the first one there. Now this game is another traditional war game, Combat Commander Europe. This is the guy that did uh, Urban Sprawl. This one I've played quite a bit. Um, I haven't got anything extra for it. You can just get this base game, but there's tons and tons of extra stuff for it. Uh, you don't need to get all that. I mean, if you got really into it, um, this is sort of like your skirmish version. If this is like your large scale, you know, uh, what would they call it? Theater of war type of thing, like a big theater. Uh, that's, that's these no retreats. This is kind of like my squad leader type of thing, advanced squad leader type of game. I go for for this. Really, it can be really random, but it, I don't know. It doesn't really feel random, but it has. It feels very cinematic. I don't know. This is this is great. This is one of my top games uh, of all time. And then these three are certainly all at the top. Now these are the three I've kept of the coin series. We've got Liberty of Death about the American <laughs> insurrection or revolution, uh, Andy and Abyss, and then Cuba Libre. Now I probably, I put these two sort of very close together and then this one probably a, a close second. Uh, just because this one's a little bit more complex and wonky, but with good reason. These are a little bit more straightforward in terms of the mechanics, especially Cuba Libre. Um, I've played the also, let's see, two others. Yes, there's a Vietnam one and then there is a um, Afghanistan one, modern Afghanistan after post 9-11. Those are good, they're really, really good. Um, but I mean, I can't, you can have at this point almost a shelf of coin games because there's, oh gosh, there's been two or three more that I haven't got a chance to, and there's another one, the Gandhi's coming out and there's like Pendragon, which is like a medieval one. The ones that aren't um, modern, have, I have, I'm less interested in those. Uh, and that's where this one kind of takes a ding as well. I love the Indian Abyss one, you know, um, I love the, the modern feel of it. It feels more natural to me that to, in a modern setting uh, than it does in, uh, you know, I don't know what you call this is not industrial, but pre-industrial, I guess. 
uh, it's still good. This is a really good game in a way it works out and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. You gotta you gotta try one of these one of these days. I would recommend Cuba Libre as an intro to the coin series for sure, hundred uh, percent. You need you want four players. You can solo all these. I've soloed all these. Um, I played Annie and Abyss about fifty times. I mean maybe 40, 40, 50 in there. Uh, really good solo online. You know, two player stuff like that. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, Cube Libre is the one I would want to play more, though. All right, moving on from coin. Now down here, we got my favorite block game. I've played a few of these, not a lot. Uh, this is a block war game, Julius Caesar. I don't know that this is the best one, but it's certainly the one that I like, and it's very quick and tactical, and uh, I've been able to kind of get into and grasp this one. This is from uh, uh, Columbia Games. I've, I've reviewed, I think, a couple of others from them and played a few, hours, a few more. Um, uh, besides those, but uh, yeah, this is definitely the one I've kept. I also like Hammer of the Scots quite a bit, and I played a handful more of World War II, or uh, not World War II, uh, Civil War, uh, American Civil War uh, uh, games. So this is good. I would say this one or Hammer of the Scots. Hammer of the Scots a little bit more overhead. It's got some wonky stuff, just a couple extra rules, but it's, and that's tough. When I played that one probably five times, and once I kind of started to get it and grasp it, then I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool, but I'm not gonna, I don't want to have to teach this to somebody and then, you know, teach them how to play it right or well. You know, you want to play it and be good, right? So this one's a little bit easier to get into in that regard. Uh, 13 Days, this is a cool one. This is kind of like the 15 minute Twilight Struggle game about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Really good. Uh, definitely uh, one of my top games of, was it last year or this year? I don't know. That might be in the list somewhere. <laughs> Now this one is, yeah, this, I think this is my favorite uh, um, card-driven game. So like Twilight Struggle, um, you know, 1989, uh, the 1960 election game. This is about uh, Germany, East and West Germany. Uh, it's awesome. It's so good. Now, I, apparently there's an imbalance that I haven't discovered, <laughs> but uh, that I don't pretend to be good at the game, but I played both East and West, and one is that. Uh, there's an expansion coming out that will make, make this playable up to four players, and I believe there's some fixes for some perceived imbalance, at least, uh, there. I, man, I highly recommend this game. It's so good, so interesting to me. It's because it's not a war game. It's about sort of just, like, economics and propaganda and, you know, this troop or spies and stuff you know it's got all that stuff in there uh what's back there oh yeah there's something back there there's my one night uh, collection this has got where words and all the one night ultimate werewolf stuff i've talked about that a whole bunch and back here we have sort of neglectfully placed back there this is laser riders this is a really cool game I highly recommend folks take a look at this a cool kind of spatial x-wing style game i did a review just recently I certainly believe folks should take a look at that. It's very cool, very, it's different. So that's kind of why I'm keeping it in here because it's super different uh, style of game than anything I have in the collection, frankly. And it's very easy multiplayer, you know, path, flight path kind of vibe like X-Wing, uh, but a very like Tron vibe. Uh, here we've got the Star Wars Risk. This is the black edition. You can find this pretty available. Uh, really fun, it's basically you're playing the end of Return of the Jedi like the last 30 minutes. Super silly fun, but it's really good. It's fun to play in teams as well. And what's else down here? Oh, well, duh. I've got I got my print and play copy of Dune down here, which we need to break out. I can't remember the style of this, but this is a good game. I don't want to talk too much about it because you can't really find it. 
Uh, and then on the bottom down there is a box of Upfront, which is also a print and play. So that's also really good. I haven't played that in some time, but it's excellent. It's kind of like uh, if you played Combat Commander Europe, the card game. <laughs> so that's what that is. Uh, go look this one up. It's, um, it's really good. I probably should... Yeah. I guess you can find it now. Maybe I should break it out and play it some more and then review it. Because you can get it at like drive-through RPG and some print and play sites, uh, you know, legally. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyway, that's all the shelves. Um, and that's it. So if you have any questions or want to talk about something, then let me know. I hope you enjoyed that and weren't didn't fall asleep too quickly. Okay, bye.